0: Feel when your friends are in alignment and out of alignment. Yeah, like you really can feel that. And I actually have a really great group of friends who are like, "Can I give you some feedback?" <laughs> he... And I'm like, "Damn, what?" And they're like, "You seem out of alignment." Can I point to the exact thing that feels out of alignment to you? And I'm like, "What?" Damn, like this specific. And I'm like, "You like you know they're right."
1: That's amazing. Did you have to? What did you have to do to cultivate? that type of is that an expectation that you set or do you feel like you're just kind of those are the types of people that you are attracting to your orbit I, I got some hype man friends and I love my hype man friends but I'm like I know that if I was doing something crazy they'd be like so good so good Katie we even love it so I'm like yeah how do you, my friends say we love it
0: can I give you some feedback you know they say women shouldn't be bossy we're out here reclaiming that word what's so wrong with being the boss bossy I've been thinking about this a lot because as an entrepreneur, I think you have to be really honest with yourself about what your zone of genius is. So my question for you, Katie, oh boy. is do you think you are a more of a magician, a maverick or a muse?
1: A what? A what? Or a what?
0: A magician, a maverick, or a muse. Like these are three different archetypes of what your zone of genius could be. Have you seen We this Crash?
1: Is, yeah, so this is ringing a bell. Is this from We Crash? Yeah.
0: So We Crash is a show on Apple TV, and it's about WeWork. Yes. Like so sort of the rise and fall of WeWork. Adam Newman, Rebecca Newman, and so there's a scene in the show that made me have this whole existential crisis oh, about no. myself. No, and a good an existential crisis is a good thing when you're trying to grow, right? Like <laughs> as if how like what persona <laughs> am I, right? Okay. What am I most of, a magician, a Maverick or a Muse? So the the scene is like mm-hmm. Adam Newman's the CEO of new of WeWork, as we know, and his wife Rebecca is starting to get kind of jealous of his success. Yeah. So WeWork's crushing it. Also, there's this interesting uh, dynamic where like Rebecca Newman's cousin is Gwyneth Paltrow. So like everybody's successful around her and she's starting to like feeling away about it. And she's an Adam Newman's on the cover of Vanity Fair and she's like, I want to be on the cover of Vanity Fair too so she hires this PR firm and the PR guy walks in and he's like I got one question we don't have to have a whole meeting I only need to ask you one question the one question is we're preparing to lean into your brand is are you a magician maverick or a muse
1: okay so there's also there's a piece of this that i think you left out if i'm remembering correctly yeah which is that america Ferrera's character comes in right Ah. and she is like the external woman that comes in to have a leadership role at WeWork, who's not rebecca newman yes and rebecca starts feeling some type of way about it because that woman also is very powerful and Mm. very strong and i think rebecca senses that contrast of like oh that's a different style than i have that's not how i am and so where do i fit in all of this. This is a diff- the,
0: not only is that other woman a different style than her, but it's almost like that other woman's style is being appreciated more, right, than her style because Rebecca had yeah. really inspired a lot for Adam. And so the P- she answers the question, and she's like, "Well, I'm a muse." She answers the question, and the PR guy is like, "Well, muses are not on the cover of Vanity Fair. Muses are on the cover of other things." Other magazines, but like Vanity Fair, Forbes, for example, those are not like Muse archetype Mm -hmm. covers. And she goes, well, then I changed my answer.
1: (laughs) That's me. I'm like, oh, well, what's the
0: better one? (laughs) Yeah. But I think so much of our culture is like things about the Maverick. Right. And she ends up having this whole journey where she's pursuing goals that may or may not be in alignment with who she is.
1: And is that before or after the WeWork camp meltdown? Because remember, there's oh, like after I, it's after that I, think I was it's like, after. Cause after, there's something that tees that up, too. And she kind of has this meltdown. So I was curious if it was that who am I? What am I? What type of like? What role do I even play in this company? Because I think that you mentioned the existential crisis. I think this can happen for people where they suddenly become aware that like some of the people around them might have strengths that are very different than different them. than them. And, and then they we... start like, OK, well, now I'm uh, it's almost like the what do I do with my hands thing where you're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to be now. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: confused. OK, so I want to ask you. What do you think you are? And then I would love to do a little quiz that you can play with me and okay. also our audience about, like, which of these three you are. We can all take the quiz and you guys can write in the YouTube comments what answer you got. But first, before we do that, I'm curious what you would say up front before Gut the instinct. Quiz. Gut instinct.
1: I'm saying magician. I think I'm probably – that one is ringing – a little bit true. Like muse doesn't resonate. Yeah. Maverick. I'm like, I'm, I'm not that like much of a risk taker. So mm. process of elimination, I'm going to go magician. But I guess I'll let the the quiz
0: tell me for sure. Okay. So here's the quiz. Which archetype are you? Okay. Question number one. When faced with a new opportunity, you A, immediately can envision all the possibilities. B, see it as a chance to do a unique thing. Or C, think crea- think of creative ways to approach it. Probably C. Okay, great. Question two. Your ideal workspace looks like A, filled with quotes and images that spark your imagination, B, a minimalist distraction-free zone where you can make bold moves, or C, an artistic open space for creativity. A. Okay, got it. Next question. In a team setting, you, A, provide innovative ideas and inspire others, B, encourage bold actions and push the team, or C, foster a collaborative environment.
1: This is where it gets into the piece where you're like answering, you're like, what's better? You know what I mean? It's almost aspirational. Like, well, what do I want to be? But okay. What do you
0: do? Innovative set, innovative ideas to inspire others in a team setting, encourage bold actions and push the team or foster a collaborative environment.
1: I'm going to go. I'm not as good at collaboration. I say a. Oh,
0: interesting. I actually think I'm better at a. Okay, beautiful. Last question. When it comes to learning and personal development, you A, seek out unconventional knowledge, B, pursue mastery in areas that set you apart, Or C, immerse yourself in artistic cultural experiences?
1: Oh, okay. So for this one, I go B. B. So I'm
0: kind of all over the place. Okay. So what did you have mostly? What did I say? I had had a... Two C's, C's, an A, and a B. Two two C's, an A, and a B. Okay, great. So mostly A's is the magician. You're a visionary, a dreamer. Your imagination doesn't know bounds. So if you think of examples, J.K. Rowling, Steve Jobs. Okay. Mostly B's is a maverick. You're a bold, fearless, trailblazer, not afraid to like do something different. So we think of, like Richard Branson, for example, mm, people like that. That's a good one. And then mostly C's is the muse. You are an artistic soul and a source for inspiration, really creative. Think like Oprah, Beyonce, and also lots of people who we know as creators. We, even if they're entrepreneurs, we often call them a creator over an entrepreneur. Even if they're both.
1: Okay, so what did I said in the beginning? I said magician, but I'm got mostly C's. So you got I got more seized. of a muse vibe. Yeah. Okay. What
0: how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I guess I kind of feel like Rebecca felt where I'm like, is muse a good thing?
0: Like it yeah. it, it almost feels
1: like secondary to someone else.
0: Yes. So, okay. You're I are inspiring someone
1: else versus like being the thing
0: on your own. First of all, tell us in the YouTube comments and play the quiz around us uh, with us. Yeah, yeah So yeah. tell us in the YouTube comments what answer you got. And also you can add to this, like how you feel about the answer. Because this answer kind of invokes some interesting responses. I got mostly C's. I have three C's oh, okay. and an A. Um, I feel also a little way about this. I have a particular interest that I've picked up too in muses. I think that, I would love to one day, like when I'm like, oh, I no longer need to work for money, would love to study the representation of women as muses in our history. Because it's an interesting nuanced thing because we don't often call them muses. They don't get credit. They get kind of negative con- like uh, response sometimes, but there's often like this huge influence. And I'm reading this book right now, actually, oh. about the women who've inspired like m- major artists across history, right? And wow. what the, who those muses were. And it's an interesting thing though because our culture doesn't really value we value the maverick. Yeah. over everything, particularly in entrepreneurship. We're like I'm going to get my Richard Branson on. yeah And so I think sometimes it feels uncomfortable to be like, "Wait, I'm not that. Does that mean I'm not an entrepreneur?" And then we don't have that many examples mm-hmm. in our society about that. So you're like, "I'm not sure how I feel about it."
1: It sounds like I lack the inspiring figureheads, if you will, because I'm having a hard time thinking of trailblazing women, which again I'm going straight trailblazing. That's like the Maverick thing. That's innovator. You are on the next level, right? You're pushing everyone forward. Like that and that is very aggressive and you get this sense of like quantum leaps. Yeah. Versus the muse, which yeah, it's a little more artsy. I almost get like a softer Mm. feel. And I'm not sure how I feel about that either because I think to me it's almost as though in order to be driving things forward, it does – it needs to be a little more aggressive. So can you break down – are there other – qualities or qualifiers that you would like do these things have definitions that yeah. we can work with okay good yes
0: so let's talk through them and also not just the definitions but like goals that might be in alignment or not in alignment for you based on mm, your archetype one. right yeah. what, what what feels typically right for your soul and by the way you get to decide what feels right for your soul but like it's a good gut check for me like I'm doing this work right now for myself because I'm realizing oh maybe maybe I'm so much more of a muse than like I think I am. I want to be a maverick, but like maybe I have to find my strength in where, like in who I really am. I probably would feel much more in alignment that way. So the magician is a person who's a visionary. They're usually charismatic. They're able to like turn ideas into reality, right? Um, from it, do you know the Enneagram? Yes, structure. Have you taken that quiz? I think I'm a three. Interesting. Okay, so magicians often are Enneagram type three, right? Hmm, kind of Maybe I'm that a little way. crossover. You might be a crossover. Yeah, Um of course. Like you probably are a crossover. We like don't have like one only one skill set. <laughs> you right? mean
1: it's not yeah. black and white? No, <laughs> it's not. It's solid never solid bl- lines of okay. Never black
0: and white, right? Um But for a magician, like a, a goal that might feel in, in alignment, which we were, which is interesting because we were talking about like. Rebecca Newman wanting to be on Vanity Fair and on Forbes, and like that's not where we see muses. We see them on other other kinds of yeah, things, um, which I'll talk about. But for magician, like maybe starting a blog or journaling to share your visionary ideas
2: hmm. is a
0: great thing. That's like well, in alignment. Check establishing yourself as a thought leader in your field through speaking engagements, workshops, public work to sort of show your le- your thought leadership writing a book or creating a course, like sharing a unique philosophy or technique or innovation. And like, if you want to be on a cover, maybe it's like fast company, wired entrepreneur magazine is where you see the magician. Love that for the maverick. It's like rebel disruptor, like making these like status quo changes, taking big risks, almost like we call them like the outlaw. Mm. So, and also from an Enneagram perspective, if you've taken that quiz, like leans towards Enneagram seven, what are you? On the Enneagram? I don't remember, girl. I don't know. I've <laughs> there's thinking, so like, many quizzes. Ah, yeah, like, <laughs> but, I don't remember. I think the, thing, the quizzes that feel meaningful to me yeah. stick with me. I think, like, maybe some more human design stuff, like, it sticks with me. The Enneagram one doesn't, like, stick with me. And I think you should feel, be able to, like, take the stuff. Like, these quizzes are supposed to empower you. So you yeah. take the stuff that works for you and you throw out the stuff that doesn't. I, maybe the Enneagram, like, it just didn't resonate And
1: TBH, that one had so many questions. I feel you, like, like I'm I remember the thing, I'm like we're not questions. done with the questions yet. Jeez, I already answered so many of these damn. Is- I probably was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna read these myself and be like, yeah,
0: three. There yeah, is which is funny too because I'm always asking you to do a quiz with me and answer <laughs> these questions. So you're probably thinking too, like, oh my gosh, all these damn questions. I'm like, can I get a one sheeter? <laughs> yeah. My question's only got four questions. Whatever. Yeah,
1: this isn't this isn't too bad. Okay. okay,
0: so for the Maverick, some goals that might feel in alignment are like finding a specific niche skill that sets you apart and like mastering it. Um, getting yourself to a point of financial independence so you can take the big risks that you want to. Love. Diversifying your ventures so you're working on like a robust portfolio of things. And like if you want to be on the cover, like Forbes, Inc., Rolling Stone, those are sort of like maverick kind of publications. And then for the muse, the muse is really responsible for like creativity, inspiration, influence, which is interesting when we talk about influencer, mm-hmm. right, and personal brands, providing the spark for new ideas and movements. Right. I think about some of your like the activism that is part of your work too, mm. thinking about this. So um, goals that feel in alignment for the muse, creating beautiful, inspiring workplaces that like affect you know reflect your values. Um, starting a blog, a YouTube channel, or Instagram account to share your creative process and inspiration. Expanding your brand and business to have a range of products and services mm. that inspire you and really centered around what inspires you. Um, as opposed to just what other people want. And then collaborating with other artists and creatives on a large scale project or exhibition or something like that. And if you want to be on a cover, it's like Vogue, Harper's Baza- uh, Maybe not Vogue, Harper's Bazaar. Yeah, I think actually Vogue Those is a good fun. one. Vogue is a good yeah. one. And my favorite, Architectural Digest. Oh my God. That's my dream. <laughs> I want to be. And actually, that was the thing that made me question this because I thought about well, what would be like the cover of the magazine you would really want to be on? And if I'm honest with my soul, it's like architectural digest. It's like or you want to be like known that. as an artist, right? I think I'm just now being aware of that. Okay, I think if I would have answered this a uh, two years ago, I would have been like Maverick all the way. Totally. Like I didn't see the magician in myself. I think a lot of like the stuff around apps without code and like that version of myself. I think I was more comfortable leaning into magician. But I think at the end of the day, who my soul is is probably way more amused than I'm willing to admit. And the places where I can tell that is where I look at like what kind of publication would I want to be on, or a even better one is. In your business or in your work, what's the stuff that lights you up the most? What would you say for you is the kinds of things like I think we were talking about this for, for your business, like what stuff you work on, what lights you up? Well, it's funny because as
1: I'm sitting here thinking about this. I'm realizing that some of it might be very culturally influenced. So you made the point that the maverick is the one that in our culture we love and that that's especially in entrepreneurship. It's very much focused on the innovator. And to me, that's a very capitalist Idea, hundred percent, and a very American idea. And I yes. wonder if you were to read these descriptions and use these examples Ooh. in a different culture, would they be like, "Well, Muse is obviously the best one."
0: Mm. A,
1: a culture that's maybe a little bit less capitalism focused and also a
0: different time period. Like I think like in the Renaissance area and like those are the time periods where we had a lot more comfortable. This book I'm reading um, talks a lot about this, where there were times where we had a lot more comfortability with the muse and that understanding of it. And as we got more and more capitalist, the muse has gotten less valued in mainstream, although we've always had muses and they've always, you know, fueled our society.
1: And they've it's it's a value of how much do we value art? in mm. society. And I think the renaissance is an excellent example yeah. of a time period where we did. And so it's not to say that capitalism is is evil or like that that's that's like the problem, but I do think that it is so culturally influenced. Yeah. And so for me, One thing that this is bringing up for me is every year I do this exercise with myself where I sit down and I kind of answer a few key questions about it's it's a very meta thing. So it's not about necessarily the business as much as it is about me. And where do I see myself a year from today? Where would I say I am today? Where do I see myself in a year from today? And what's working really well, what's not giving myself a score in all these different categories. And it's always been a written exercise and been fairly analytical because it also gets paired with this quantitative data-driven
0: process. Did you make up this process? Like, how do I do this
1: process? I kind of, so I'm actually doing an episode about it on the Money with Katie show where it's like align your 2024 goals with me. So it's life and finances. So I go through the entire thing in this episode that's coming out the week of Thanksgiving and—or will be out the week of Thanksgiving. But anyway, normally it's a very analytical process. And, and I had the idea this year, wouldn't it be interesting if I brought visuals into it? And I think vision boarding has always felt a little woo-woo to me or a little, oh, you know, the vision board, whatever. But as I'm reading the muse— description of beautiful and inspiring workspace things that reflect back aesthetics and values and things that inspire you i'm like it could be very interesting to do a hybrid of that process but using Mm. visuals and building that into the space around me and just experimenting with that and playing into that a little bit and it's it's funny because i think we tend to write that stuff off as being frivolous and silly but i think that's a function of that culture that we're talking about, which is very much like, that stuff doesn't matter. Art's superfluous. The way it looks is superfluous. Just uh, ship it, get it out, whatever.
0: I I think when I think for myself about the types of things I enjoy in my work and my business most, they lean towards magician or muse-like things, if I'm being honest. So for example, my favorite thing to do is come up with new ideas Mm -hmm. and like get them going and figure out how to get this new innovative thing to work. I'm really great at the MVP, the minimum viable product, the first version, right? And then when it comes to like doing it as a repeated process, like I need to hand it to someone else when it gets into like, it needs a more maverick like thinker to do that. But I think for me, figuring out the first thing kind of leans in the magician realm. And then I also really like doing content and inspiring people and being Mm -hmm. able to sort of share my energy and vibration with other people. And that part kind of leans on the muse. So those are the two areas that light me up the most in my business. I know that for you, like writing Mm -hmm. What lights you up in your business?
1: Writing. Yeah. Writing and creating in general. Yeah. I think I, I struggle. I actually want your your opinion about this, but I think I struggle with seeing the future version of myself within the business because there's a part of me that looks at what we're doing and says – Oh well, you're at a certain level now, and like it's important if you want to scale to do X, mm. Y, and Z, and focus on these things, and you have to get out of the weeds. And I'm kind of I hear, feel like I hear that all the time of Yeah, well, you shouldn't be the one writing everything. You shouldn't, but but if that's the stuff that I like, and if that's where I feel like I'm contributing something like a little extra special, and mm. that's kind of the secret sauce. Yeah, then and even this to say.
0: And just you enjoy it, like that's enough. And I just, just like it. Yeah. I just like it. I mean, give me a break. But heaven forbid you do something in the business that you like. Yeah, right? it's like I, that's what it's for. I feel
1: like you can. You can. If you have these different elements of yourself, there's there's almost two formulas you can follow. Yeah. You can practice that code switching between them and go, when am I going to lean on this? When am I going to lean on that? Or yes, you can pick one and really double, triple down. And yeah. say, I'm going to take the thing that's already a strength and I'm going to work on making it even stronger. So yeah. it becomes a
0: superpower. I have spent in my entrepreneurial career a lot of time. Trying to be something that I'm not, and I'm just now realizing that I've been doing this because I've been trying to be the maverick archetype. And I noticed this because, like, friends of mine would start showing up on like Forbes 30 Under 30.
1: Oh, or, that list! Right? Don't that, get me started. That list. I'm like, someone nominate me, please. It's I want to be on the you list. Want to know the secret? Elizabeth Holmes and SBF and. <laughs>
0: What I learned, what I learned about this though, is that that scenario, those sorts of lists, you have to put your hat in the ring. And for years, I would watch my friends like crushing it, getting Aren't on the list. are you on
1: the list? Yes,
0: I had this whole journey around this because I was watching. Oh, I like for years before that, I was like also, I was like half happy for them, half salty. That's where I'm at. I'm mostly <laughs> yeah. just
1: salty. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be on the list. How old are you? Twenty eight. Oh, okay. I'm about to turn 29 in okay. December.
0: Okay. So I had this like deep, like, kind of like jealousy, right? Okay. And I actually went through this journey and experience because what I realized is like the way that those lists work is. You go ask other people that you know. Hey, can you nominate me? Or you ask someone to nominate <laughs> me. That's you put your hat in the ring. Those lists don't just happen. People put their hat in the ring. So one year, I, I was 29, feeling sorry You're for like, myself. Biological I, clock is ticking. My baby. biological clock was ticking, and I was like, "Girl, what you gonna do?" What are you going to do? And I went through the list. I went on like they publicized the list. And I, I happened to like I've developed a great network. So I know people yeah. who are on the list that I can sort of email. And I emailed every single person that I knew on that list. And everybody was like they, they thought it was so normal. They're like, yeah, this is how it works. Like, I'll, I'll put your hat in the ring. You know, just fill, tell me what you want on the form. They have to fill it out. So, like, make it easy for them, and they publish it. And now that I'm on the list, I realize that I get the email every year that's like, hey, who do you know who'd be a good fit for this? Like, that's how it works. You put your hat in the ring. All right. Well, then, Tara, I got a question for you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm like, let me get that form ready for you. (laughs) 100%. No pressure. All the cameras are pointing at you. 100%.
0: Done done well anyway okay. I, I think okay. i spent a lot of time trying to like oh i want to do it i want to do it and to be honest when it happened it was like it felt good for a second yeah but you know what feels even better like the squeal i feel when i'm like putting on my outfits and doing something creative like that actually fires me up or like mm-hmm. when i figure out how to like use ai to do something and i'm like a magician like those things feel better
1: yeah yeah and you know what? You you are actually kind of the perfect example of this, because I would say the way that you've approached this project is very much leaning into that museness and the creative direction. And yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but this idea that when you unapologetically kind of you take up the space and you're as big as you can be, yeah. it inspires other people around you. And that's yeah. that is literally definition of muse. And so I'm leaving our last filming. And I'm like, well, I got to step my game up. I'm like, I got I want to I want to have fun outfits. I want to do this. I want to Well, what should I wear? And you're like, oh, I got a Pinterest board for you already. I definitely (laughs) have an outfit. You muse (laughs) so hard for me. And then I'm like going home ordering the suit. So it's like a ripple effect. It's it's fun to hear you discuss that journey but then to me be sitting here looking at you the product of the journey being like yep can attest i'm in the
0: middle of it like i definitely haven't figured it Mm -hmm. all out because i i now see places in my life that i designed For I want to be the maverick that I have to now redesign and it's going to take me a minute and I want to have patience with myself to redesign. By the way, I appreciate how you responded to me making that Pinterest board of outfits for you. I didn't share it because uh, for a long time because I was worried you're going to be insulted like or or you had told me your experience with like with sort of beauty dressing up and I was like I don't want her to feel like this is the thing she has to do. Mm. I just am always on Pinterest and I have for all of my friends I have a Pinterest board for them. That's like a nor- that's a normal no, thing. No, I thought for it me. was
1: tremendously flattering. It's like so flattering because it's like oh wow, this person this is how this person sees me. Mm. And to like look at it and be like wow, I love everything on this board. It makes you feel very seen. Yeah. And I think that That's the superpower of the muse is, like, letting other people feel seen and uniquely inspired. Have you ever heard—what is that word that means— there's some word that means the way that you speak it's like kind of a i think a gift it's that when you speak to a crowd each individual person feels like you are talking to them oh yeah that is kind of a musy. i'll I'll percolate on what that word is because i can't remember it off the top of my head but there are some like really good fitness instructors the really famous ones and public speakers like those are the people where when you're sitting in a crowd and you're like this that's weird like i feel like they're, they're speaking directly to me right now and i feel very seen to me that's the other like muse i would add public speaking and and persuasion to the muse toolkit we'll be right back to the conversation after a quick break
2: take your business further with a smart and flexible american express business gold card it offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card.
0: Okay, back to the show. One of the dynamics of I think a lot of these archetypes is that when you are really leaning into your zone of genius, you can be like magnetizing for other people Mm -hmm. in a good way, but also you have to be careful with that strength. Hmm. How you have to be careful with your strength is something that I'm learning. It's like a nuance of the journey that I'm on. So I'll give you two examples. I have a friend who like I think she sees me like oh like it, and from the outside it looks like oh like Tara's crushing it she's doing all these things and I think she's really wanted to at sometimes approach entrepreneurship business life the same way that I'm approaching it but she's a different persona i think she's even more of a muse than i am i Hmm. still have some magician stuff there which i think sort of lends itself to these more like capitalist moves maybe not as much as the maverick but like or in a different way than the maverick i would say um a lot of my business moves have been around like i'm a magician let me show you what i'm doing Hmm. here right and so what happens is my friend sort of responds to how i'm doing it and she tries to do it that way too but it is not in alignment with her Like, as even more of a muse than I am, like, she needs a lot more time to, like, sit, think, like receive the download and i actually am super inspired by her like she operates as my muse in a lot of ways wow but because she's respond like she's responding to me trying to be a maverick (laughs) right and so she's like oh i gotta do that too so then she starts to sort of emulate those behaviors but then it really feels out of alignment with her and this is a huge component of our relationship i also have other people in my life where like they're a different persona and i feel pulled to be like them and i have to be like hold on a second like this part is not me it doesn't feel enough." alignment so like not getting pulled into your friends or other people's styles is another dynamic of this.
1: when do you feel the most out of alignment with this or are there any were there moments like specifically that triggered that i'm curious yeah.
0: So it wasn't in the moment of me doing it, but sort of looking back uh, on it. Yeah. I think um, in 2021, I started acquiring other businesses and I was like, oh, like, I want to be like, like, I started this obsession with Bernard Arnault and oh, like, yeah. LVMH and I like, got really excited about we, that.
1: The listeners of episode, whatever that was, are so well aware
0: of your obsession with it. I. So I love LVMH. What I love about <laughs> deals, though, what I didn't know then was like, it's not that I love that there are people like that you're doing the big move that's actually not quite the part of it that i love and that you've got this whole portfolio the part of it that i love is that doing a deal negotiating a deal requires like creative brainstorming Mm. of figuring out like what is this person trying to accomplish how do i get this for them and that creativity of it all is the part that excites me. yeah. But I didn't get that at the time. And so I'm doing these business moves that are like, I don't know, this feels kind of weird out of alignment, but like I got it, like this is the thing to do. And I was like so focused on it. That probably was a big moment where I just like, I was doing stuff that didn't make sense for me.
1: I struggle with that because i definitely feel like i will get caught up in the other goals i think the third under 30 list is actually a really good example of that that's yeah. something that i see i don't really think of other personal finance creators as competition so to speak but there is a sort of benchmarking where you can see what everyone else is doing and the accolades that they're getting and the recognition yeah. and the growth and and then you sort of like oh should i be trying to get that like uh-oh and you start to kind of second guess yourself and doubt yourself but i like that that's why. This exercise is so powerful because it it so clearly defines a lane for you to be like, well, that's not, that's not you. It's cool. That has nothing to do with you. Yes. And you need to keep, you need to. I have said this to myself so many times: like, just stay in your own lane. Mm. Stop looking around and trying to see what else. Like, no, 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 no. Trust your vision and just every day wake up and try to execute a little bit more on that. So it's funny when you're like, what cover of the magazine would you want to be on? I'm like, oh, I don't want to be. I want to write the feature story in the magazine. Oh, I don't want that, to be on the cover. I want to, like, write the feature.
0: That's a great, like, that's a great answer, Katie. First of all, that's oh, very you. I feel so. She's so proud of me. I was so like, that, that lip, I was like beaming, be everyone. <laughs> I'm beaming it like, your alignment. Because you can feel when your friends are in alignment and out of alignment. Yeah, like, You really can feel that. And I actually have a really great group of friends who are like, can I give you some feedback? And I'm like, damn, what? And they're like, you seem out of alignment. Can I point to the exact thing that feels out of alignment to you? I'm like, what? Damn. Like this specific. And I'm like, you like you know they're right, right.
1: That's amazing. Did you have to, what did you have to do to cultivate that type of, is that an expectation oh. that you set or do you feel like you're just kind of, those are the types of people that you are attracting to your orbit? I, Cause I got some hype man friends and I love my hype man friends, but I'm like, I know that if I was doing something crazy, they'd be like. So good, so good, Katie. We love it. So I'm like, yeah. How do you... My friends say we
0: love it. Can I give you some feedback? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think my friend I was telling you about is yes. even more of a muse than me. I got this from her. She's like this, and I think she, her standard. Of being willing to give that feedback has changed the culture of my friend group. She inspired it.
1: Well, that's powerful. Yeah,
0: because she's a powerful powerful. niece. And I think every time she's in alignment with that, these are the byproducts of stuff like that. That's the
1: ripple. That's Mm -hmm. exactly the ripple I was talking about. I love... Okay. Yeah. And And oftentimes for her
0: doing the thing of like producing the work that like like for example if she wanted to share that idea with the world kind of creating the production of the thing and like you know industrializing it and finding a way to scale it like that's not really in alignment with her and i feel like her and i as a friendship have this like balance where i get to share some of the things in like more of like a scaled up kind of way that she thinks of and be like hey thank you so much for like even giving the idea or inspiring me to do that so like that's what i think a good dynamic of that looks like
1: another practical application that i see of this is in finding co-founders and thought partners where if you know that you are one of these things and you're like i am such a maverick but oh my gosh like i need a muse you can almost shape your search Almost a hiring tactic and not that you would take it that far with hiring and like you're asking someone. So what do you think? Are you a magician? But you can kind of sense that with people, I think. And so actually in the comments, if you are now thinking about if you have a co-founder, you have a thought peer. Put it in the comments what you think you two are. And if you're both the same or if you're like, oh, no, now that I'm hearing these definitions, I'm realizing that, like, we're actually complementary mm. skill sets. It's like the magician and the muse or the
0: what are we which yes, as a combination? How are and, we
1: feeding this dynamic?
0: And if you don't have a co-founder yet or there's something that you want to do, what would, what do you think you would need in entrepreneurship as a balance? what are you and what would you need if you don't already have that balance? Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a lens I've never thought about it Mm. through because people often talk about like, oh, if you're technical, you need a non-technical or a non-technical, you need a technical. We think about that lens and complimentary. Um, We think about like skill. Yeah. Like, like. Tactical skill compatibility, but maybe not like how do we work together? Because as a society and the macro level, we work together. These three personas all help each other and like push things forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: what about you want to kind of wrap up today by talking about different entrepreneurs that we see as fulfilling these archetypes? Because I think yeah. having an avatar can be really helpful mm-hmm. because there are successful entrepreneurs that fall into all of these categories. So if you can kind of have your entrepreneur guardian angel okay. to be like, oh, yeah, I'm that. Who's a maverick? I want to say like like a like a Kim Kardashian's a little bit of a maverick. Also like a like a Sarah Blakely is a little bit yeah. of a maverick.
0: OK, so Sarah Blakely for sure. And I think she's risk taking. Mm-hmm. Right. She took. Her whole life savings, which was like $5,000, put yeah. it straight into Spanx, Is like, I'm going in on this, going all in, super persistent, like regularly got turned down repetitively and was like, nope, I'm just going to keep going Ooh, at it. And there's that story about when Spanx was not selling and
1: she went into, I think it was Neiman Marcus, where her product was, and she she realized like, oh, it's not selling because it's in the like pantyhose section. Right. So she bought those clear plastic contain those like display cases you can see inside, and she she put them on the checkout counter in the clothing section and put her own product in it. And I remember in this story, the customer service person, the cashier was like, oh, so are you with the whatever, like you have clearance to do this? And she's like, yeah, totally, totally got approval for this, totally got permission. I'm just going to leave these right here.
2: Mm. And she just bulldozed
1: through the wall and then things started selling. So yeah. she like really manufactured the luck there and was like, why isn't this working? Oh, it's the positioning. Like people don't
0: get it yet. Very much. She's so ahead of the curve. Yeah, kind of like this gutsy sales and marketing approach and just leaning into that. She also has this like very single minded focus, which is another attribute of the Maverick. Like she has this quote that's like, money is the icing on the cake, but not the cake. My advice is to stay focused on the cake. The cake is the most important thing. The cake's your product, your brand, your customer service, but like stay focused on the cake. Don't get distracted.
1: Mm, Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Yeah. That's that's where a strong vision comes in really handy and a really good understanding of what you're trying to do. I think someone else that I would consider similar to a Maverick, but maybe more on like the magician end of the spectrum would be like a Steve Jobs.
0: Very magician, for sure. he's like
1: a—he is like the, the executor, right? He is so involved in every single detail, down to packaging, and he was started to think about things that no one else— See, and in my mind, I'm like, that's a little musy, too, but—
0: you know. Yeah, well, I think people are probably like, in yeah. reality, you're probably a percentage mix, and we're all different at percentage mixes. Right?
1: Yeah. Because he was obsessed with the packaging, the typefaces. He He kind of had that Henry Ford element where, mm. like, when they asked Henry Ford, about, you know, coming up with the, the Model T or whatever. And he's like, well, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster car or a faster horse.
0: Yeah. He's like, you got to show
1: people what they want. Yeah. And he, that's like a very Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs approach. said that about
0: the iPod. Right. Like mm-hmm. you ask people the same example as if you ask people what they want, they're going to want ask for a better Walkman. And so he was like, this is the parallel to Ford is like, I can't ask people, like, do you want an iPod? They don't know what that is. They're going to give you another MP3 player. And so I'm going to be the creative genius to magically and that like that iconic presentation he did where he like pulls this out of his pocket and he's like all of these songs in this small device. That's very like magician, like doing these sort of creative, innovative things. His
1: whole thing, too, around Freeing the mind and creative thinking. I think he took a lot of time off and like traveled the world and he was very he was taking in a lot of inputs. But there's that really good commencement speech that he did for Stanford. Oh, that yeah. is Very just it just gives you chills but he talks about trusting that the dots will connect down the road
2: Mm. and like
1: following your intuition i have always really resonated with that idea of those little intuitive pings and trusting it's like if you're getting the sense to go do something not questioning it not being overly analytical about it and and trusting that yeah okay in in retrospect it's all gonna make sense but there's something here and i'm just gonna i'm gonna just trust that inclination
0: yeah okay that's good and i think from a muse perspective an example of someone who's a strong muse might be like an oprah beyonce like we call Mm. these people typically like creators although i think we like oprah gets a lot of like entrepreneurship um credit but i think that's towards the end of her career at the beginning we sort of called her like talent um as she started on her show we would have thought of that way but um she on her show chose to cover topics that were like really close to her own heart like it wasn't only like here's what the analytics say about what other people are gonna like it was about what inspired her and excited her and that ended up being exciting inspiring for us but like she followed that
1: okay can I tell you that that's so funny because that's I love that that is our muse example because that's always that has been my guiding principle for the money with katie show mm. kind of the entire time which is like i even if a bunch of people are asking for it if i don't feel connected to it i'm not gonna do it because i think the magic is in the enthusiasm and the innate yeah passion about the topic
0: a very maverick thing to do is like what are the analytics we lean into what the customer all of what the customer wants and a more sort of magician or muse you can do it in different ways it's like how do we with like, what Muse is more like what inspires me. Magician is sort of like maybe people – it's almost in the middle of like people maybe don't know that they need these things, But I have this idea, but it's still connected to like their needs in a different Mm -hmm. kind of way. But, yeah, I I love that that for you is driving – I'm like,
1: huh. So maybe there's – because it's sometimes nice to get that type of permission or to know like, well, someone's done it before because it can be very – isolating and a little bit, there's no playbook. So you're kind of like, I don't know, is this dumb? Am I dumb to not be using a more data-driven approach here? I love data, but there are some things that you just kind of have to feel it or not feel it. And honing that trust is a practice. That's like an everyday thing where you're, you're waking up and trusting your own gut and your own decisions.
0: I'm going to share this book I'm reading with you. It's like nine muses and like the artist yeah, that they inspired. Do. Another thing that's really useful that Oprah does um, to help lean into being a muse is this on and off work schedule. Oh. So <laughs> almost thinking about schedule around like just your schedule being seasonal. Right. That you're you're working sometimes, but then you take, pull back. And Oprah, of course, in the beginning of your career worked a lot, but she would pull back and take these times off in between seasons to really like, like have time to receive the download. Because creativity usually doesn't come when you're like working and busy and flustered. It comes when you chill the heck out for a second and like are receiving of that.
1: That's kind of the oxymoron of all of it is that when you feel creatively stifled or like something is not going well, you feel like you have to squeeze harder. Mm -mm. you got to work harder and effort more and effort harder when in reality it's kind of the opposite effect. It's like the finger trap where the more you strain against it, the more
0: stuck you get. That's why we're talking about like being in alignment. Right. I think lastly for Oprah as a muse, like she really leans into diverse different things, which is almost the opposite of what the Maverick does and up. Uh and well, actually, that's not true. The Maverick has like a diverse portfolio of like different business initiatives. The Muse also has these like diverse creative outlets. Like, Oprah doesn't do one thing, she's acted. She was in like Color Purple, Selma, mm-hmm. Wrinkle in Time. She has her magazine. She does, she did her event tour, which I actually went to one. It was really good. Oh, really? Like, and like Michelle Obama was there, oh, Lee my Gaga was there, like JLo was there, all these people that like had inspired her. And she. it's a talk show, but with a whole stadium of people. She her Weight Watchers partnership. She has all these different things that she does that inspire her, and that's okay not to just do one thing for the muse.
1: Do you think Lady Gaga is a maverick or a muse? Muse. Muse?
0: Yes, she's one of my muse.
1: I love too. Gaga. I think, you okay, do? yes, I love Gaga. So it's funny because the more this has been a very revelatory episode for me <laughs> because I'm now realizing, like, oh, wait, there, there's a reason that I feel drawn and inspired. By, by these people. people and that I can actually go and proactively seek them out and try to learn more. And, and that that could be a bit of a shortcut for me to get over some of the it's like it's 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 like a, a decision making shortcut. Yeah. Like, is this right for me or is it not? And, and some of it is gut, but some of it is even looking at Oprah. I mean, Oprah is a huge expander because it's like, yeah. look at what she's built just based on her like interests and personality. Like, yes. there's really no ceiling for that.
0: I think that's right. I think that's right.
1: OK, well, I think that's a good place to end. And then we can go work on my 30 under 30 application. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm also
0: so happy that I talked you into doing this episode topic. You were like, I'm not sure if that's a good topic. I was topic. like, do you think that has
1: 40 minutes worth of material? And you were like, just trust me. Like, We'll, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. But this is al- an alignment because we said we were going to talk about things that we're going through, that we're experiencing, evolving through. This one for sure is one that I'm in the middle of. So I'm happy that folks get to like follow along the journey with us and they can share. Please share in the comments, like, if this is something that was useful for you as you're thinking about yourself and your brand and your journey.
1: And we have plenty of other episodes, I would say, in the past that kind of get into this. So I know we have episodes about personal brand. We're working on something about mission statement. So I think a lot of these topics that may, on the surface, at least to me in that Original viewpoint of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we need to talk about data and tactics. And it's <laughs> like some of this stuff, though, is actually where the unlocks are. So we have plenty yeah. of those other episodes too in the back catalog as well. If you enjoyed this conversation and if I may make a subtle plea, if you sub- want to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it, so whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, what have you, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And then you can keep getting these weekly drops from us. Beautiful.
0: Thanks, y'all. Thank you.
2: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash business gold card.